0: Hello and welcome to Catholic Parents Online, a podcast where we share tips and resources on Catholic parenting. This is brought to you by the Theology of the Body parenting team of the Apostolate for Catholic Truth. Presented with the lens of the theology of the body, we will see how we can be a sincere gift of ourselves to our kids, in ways that will help them find true happiness and flourish in accordance with God's wonderful plan for each and every one of them. My name is John Hui and I'm your host for this podcast. Do you believe in God? I guess you probably do since you are following this podcast. Now, let's ask ourselves another question. Why do we believe in God? Now, this is a question that our children will likely ask, especially given the seemingly rising scepticism among our young towards faith today. Locally, anecdotal experience suggests that many of our young people leave the Church not long after receiving the sacraments of Confirmation and continue to struggle with this issue of God's existence or relevance thereafter. The problem with why many of our young are not inclined to believe in the existence of God is, may I suggest, because many are looking for Him in the wrong places, using the wrong methods. We think that science will help us find answers to everything including the existence of God in our material world. But science was not designed to do that. It was designed rather to help us study and discover the truths about the physical world that we live in. But God, the source of all that exists, is not part of this material world. He transcends it. As popular author Brendan Vogt would suggest, to use scientific methods to look for God it's akin to using a metal detector to look for a wooden cup. Now, while using scientific methods to look for God would not be too helpful, it does not mean we cannot find proof for His existence. The Catechism tells us that we can know God exists, quote, by the natural light of human reason, unquote. How so? There are many ways including St. Thomas Aquinas' famous Five Ways. I would propose, however, to use just two arguments in this episode for the purpose of discussing this topic with our children. These are, first of all, intelligent design, and the other, the so-called Kalam argument. I know, I know, these may not be the favourite arguments of some hardcore philosophers, but I'm a parent, not a philosopher. To prove God's existence with our children, I think these two would suffice for a start. We have shared some other resources with you in the show notes if you wish to find out more about the other arguments for God's existence. Let us first explore the arguments of intelligent design. Look at the world around us. Look at ourselves, our own bodies, the way our bodies work down to the minutest strands of DNA that determine how our physical bodies function in every intricate detail. Why do DNA strands work the way they do in ourselves, without us consciously driving them? Why do cells in certain parts of our body come together to form tissues and organs that function in a certain way? Why does the brain respond to changes in various components in our blood, in such a way as to regulate for example our breathing, our heart rate, and the production of um, different hormones? to ensure the proper functioning of the entire human body? Look around us in nature. As an example, have we ever thought about why plants know how to produce flowers? Um, why these flowers then produce pollen? Why after pollination, pollen tubes form, which bring the male gametes down the style to the ovaries, where they fertilize the female gametes, and fruits then come about? There certainly seems to be an unseen external force, a transcendent force if you will, that causes all these to happen in such an organised and predictable way, and directs them to a proper end. Such order in the world, and indeed the universe, has mesmerised many indeed. Even Albert Einstein once said, quote, The most incomprehensible thing about the universe is that It is comprehensible." There is no way in which we can have such order in our bodies, or in the universe for that matter, if laws that govern their proper functioning are not there. There has got to be something, or someone, a most intelligent designer who must have put these laws there in the first place. Who else but God? The other reason why I like this argument as a parent, yeah, not a philosopher, but as a parent, is because it is easier to teach our kids from the time they are young. right? Oh, look at the beauty of the flowers, smell them, see how God made them so pretty and fragrant. Or wow, look at the stars in the sky, aren't they just so dazzling? Isn't it amazing how God has created these flowers for us to uh, smell and the stars for us to enjoy looking at. As they become older, our comments can become like, wow, see how God made these cells organize themselves into these tissues and organs in our bodies? Or, hey, why do these chemicals interact with these in such a predictable way to form new compounds that we expect them to, as we learn in chemistry? Have you ever wondered who caused these laws to come into being? If we explore these questions with our children, it will be quite apparent that the only reasonable answer is the presence of an omnipotent being who causes all these to be. Now what about the kalam argument? Basically, the premise of this argument is that everything that begins to exist has a cause the universe began to exist. Therefore, it has a cause. This argument has gained prominence since the acceptance of the Big Bang Theory, which shows that the universe began existence about 13.7 billion years ago. A simple, or some might say simplistic, way of explaining it is that the Big Bang was the moment when the universe began as a tiny, dense fireball that exploded, so to speak. And since then, the universe has been expanding. Even up to today, the universe continues to expand. Now, since the universe began to exist at a certain time, and did not or in fact could not have existed from all eternity, it must have had a cause. And the cause of the birth of the universe, the creation of the universe, must presuppose a creator. A creator who created, out of nothing, what was needed for that initial fireball, so to speak, or that point of immense density and gravity, and caused it to give rise to the universe in the first place. What we have discussed so far is only a small fraction of the many arguments for the existence of God. But I think this serves as a useful starter. As our children mature further, we might then engage them with the other proofs of God's existence such as the unmoved mover, uncaused cause, contingency and so on. As mentioned, we have shared some resources in the show notes for those of us who would want to explore this further. We hope this has helped us somewhat in our conversations with our children as to whether God exists. So reason can show us quite easily that God does exist. But who is God? For that, we will need faith to inform us, since faith complements and perfect right reason without ever contradicting it. And it is this faith in Jesus, the perfect revelation of the Father, that will provide us with the answer to the question. Till we meet again, take care and God bless you and your family always. Goodbye.